Good morning. Very happy you tuned in this morning. This is WNZN coming to you from Lorain, Ohio, and we're happy uh, you tuned in on this beautiful uh, December day, just a couple weeks before Christmas 2020. And uh, despite everything that's going around us and in our world, it's very good we can take time out, look at the Word of God, and, and to, to contemplate just what it means that God became flesh and came down to dwell amongst us here uh, on mankind. It separates Christianity from all other religions is that we have somebody that literally would come down from heaven, take upon himself the human flesh, and live a perfect sinless life. And we're going to talk about that today. David, good to have you with us, my good friend. Great to assistant. be here, John. Great to be here. And uh, yeah, this is uh, hard to believe that uh, we do a couple more shows Gosh. and 2020 is over. I know. Uh, you know, I, honestly, the the uh, feeling I'm getting or the mood right now is, uh, you know, we've been out taking care of some things for the holidays, and I just see how excited people are. Mm -hmm. uh, they're almost, you know, they have a blind eye to what's happened the past year, and they're right. just they're just all in to try and make this still just uh, a great holiday. And uh, so, anyway, that that's been great to see. Well, you know, it brings up a good point. You know, Christmas. Now, I know people will say it's over-commercialized and it's uh, materialistic and all this, but at the heart of Christmas is, is Christ. And uh, we're going to talk about that this morning, that uh, in a sense, this when Jesus came to the earth 2,000 years ago, born in the town of Bethlehem, this was predicted. This was prophesied. There's all kinds of uh, signposts, uh, yeah. 500 years, 1,000 years yeah. before he arrived and makes his birth so special. Uh, let alone his life, when we see 2,000 years later, where <laughs> the influence he has on humankind, yes. that wherever you go, even when I lived in Thailand and would go to Bangkok at Christmas time, <clears throat> this is not a Christian nation, it's a Buddhist, but they would have decorations up, they would have trees up. Somehow, they thought there was something special <clears throat> about this day. And uh, we're going to look at that and kind of bring our thoughts into line with the Word of God and just discuss what it meant when it says in John chapter 1, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we're going to look at this whole, not just Christmas season and Christmas Day, but why it is so significant that we date our calendars, yeah. you know, from, from the birth of, of, of Jesus Christ and why our birthday is based on his birthday. Mm -hmm. You know, I was born in 1948. Well, that's 1,948 yeah. years from the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So his birthday is extremely important, very pertinent. And... The thing about Christmas is that even unbelievers, before I was a Christian, the season, yeah. the people coming together, family, mm -hmm. the gift giving, um, the hymns, Silent Night, O Holy Night, Hark the Herald, it, it, it stirred something within us where you go, there is something special about this. And, and there, the whole idea of a gift, that you're receiving a gift, it's not your birthday, mm -hmm. it's not, I didn't win it, I didn't deserve it, I didn't buy it. But somebody's given that loves me gives me a gift and it, it goes to for God so loved the world that yes. He gave His only begotten Son. Well, what better gift can you receive from the than the very best gift? And if there's anybody listening today that has not received this free free gift, we're <clears throat> going to talk about it as we get to the end of the program. But again, we're very happy you tuned in. This is WNZN uh, org. Uh, radio coming to you, and the call letters is WNZN, uh, and it's 89.1 FM radio coming, the station from Lorraine, Ohio. 
So, David, I'm going to just tee it up here a little bit and then ask you to contribute a little something and what you're thinking about the, some of the predictions and prophecies in the Scripture. But we go back, if you want to go to the beginning, oh yeah, you go way back the to Genesis. the Garden of Eden. Yeah, This is when God placed man and woman in the mm -hmm. most ideal, um, mm -hmm. just beautiful setting that you can imagine. Yes. And he gives them <clears throat> authority. Uh, over the, all the creatures, the things that crawl, the things that walk. And he asked them basically to take care of the garden. This is not sweat of the brow, yeah. uh, digging, you know, furrows and planting crops. It's taking <laughs> care of, basically, it's almost <clears throat> like if you were in Maui, Hawaii, <laughs> really beautiful. <laughs> Consider that like times a thousand. But he says, do all this, but don't do this. One thing. And, of course, he says, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yes. I don't want you to be defiled. And it's the one thing that Adam and Eve listen to Satan and partake of the fruit. And we know what happens, what we call the fall in chapter yeah. 3 of Genesis. I'm not going to go through it all, but I'm going to go through where the Lord says to the serpent. This is in chapter 3, verse 14. Mm -hmm. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, that is to say, deceived and, be, and, and basically led this, my, this couple, Adam and Eve, astray to yeah. sin against me. You are cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. And on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust in the dust of your life. And I will put enmity, that's adversarial or mm -hmm. uh, conflict, right. between you and the woman. Okay, But this is the important part. And between your seed and her seed, see the seed of the woman, yep. has hints of a virgin birth. We're going to see this later. But it says here, this is very important. He, that is to say, the seed of the woman, of this child that's going to be born of a woman, shall bruise your head. Now, to bruise the head in ancient uh, mm -hmm. times was the, um, the death blow. They call it das Kapitas. Yep. You're hitting the head. Um, and you're going to destroy, but in the process, you shall bruise his heel. And we know that what that happened with Jesus. An angel didn't come to earth to save mankind. It was a human offspring, yeah. virgin born, and through the cross and his resurrection, he defeats Satan, but in the process, he is bruised. He is hurt. That's the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised right. for our iniquities, Isaiah chapter 53. <clears throat> right. So there you get the first hint. Of this, the woman is going to give a bring a child into this world, and he's going to destroy, as it says in the Bible, he will he will destroy the works of the evil one. Yeah. So that kind of gets us started, and we'll move through it, David. And right. you might want to share something. <clears throat> on, well, on you know, Jan, we talked about this before the show. I think when you take a look at what you just read in Genesis, I think the thing that um, I think about is all the chaos going on in the world today, and how scared. Uh, so many people are and, um, you know, concerned and full of anxiety about, you know, what's next. Mm -hmm. And I think when we see this, you know, the minute the sin occurred, God came in with a plan to clear up right. that issue, to rectify the situation and to bring his son uh, down to the planet Earth to redeem our sins. And I think what that calls out for me is we can praise God for fulfilling his promises and uh it just shows it, it's it's so strong that he will always be faithful to what he has declared he's going to do and he's so consistent we can trust him 
And if we trust him that way, regardless of what's going on in the world, we have hope. Right. And uh, and we should get peace from that. And I think that's what the story means to me this year. It's a little bit different than previous years. Yes. But I'm reminded about uh, the fact that God is consistent and he's reliable and he stays the same. And regardless of the chaos or the turbulence in our life, we always have to go back to the Bible. Right. And, and that brings us our peace. And that's why this story is so beautiful for me this year is uh, I'm reminded of that. That's a good point, yeah. David, because think about last year at this time. Yeah. We were just going about life normally and mm-hmm. going to school. And if yeah. you're going to travel, you could travel you know, mm-hmm. nationally. You could go internationally, mm-hmm. um, open up businesses, small restaurants. You yeah. could go out to a baseball, uh, I'm sorry, a football game. Right. No, now everything has changed. Yeah. And we're a bit at risk you know, with the COVID and right. everything that's happening. But like you say, when everything's changing around you, get with that which doesn't change. This is not going anywhere, mm-hmm. the gospel story. This is yeah. not going anywhere. The fact that God entered into human condition, you know, came down here mm-hmm. and took upon himself human flesh. And we can have great hope in that, that that's a constant. You know, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a constant and it's not going to go away. And as we, as we go into this, we see that God had prepared and predicted this so far in advance. Uh, I read yeah. in Genesis 3 about the right. seed of the woman that was right. coming. Yeah. But the way I like it is in Exodus chapter 25. Now, to set the scene here, of course, this is the Israelites were in slavery and bondage in Egypt for 400 years. Yeah. God chose Moses. He sent him there to liberate the people, confront Pharaoh. Right. And it, it was through a series of plagues. But the final plague, on the 10th plague would be the sacrifice of a lamb, an unblemished lamb, that they would kill and catch the blood and then put it with a brush on the doorpost. And God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. You're going to be set free from bondage and darkness and uh, miserable life through the blood of the lamb. And so that's similar to our lives. We're set free to a brand new life, no no longer in bondage to sin and under the control of Satan and all these things, walking in darkness. But it was only through the blood of the lamb. Now, after he gets them out, he just doesn't get them out of Egypt. He's going to take them to the promised land. Yes. But as they're traveling, he mm-hmm. says this in uh, Exodus chapter 25, verse uh, uh, 8. He says, directing it to Moses, and let them, that is the Israelites that were set free from um, uh, Egypt, make me a sanctuary that I might dwell among them. Right. Some translation will say, make me a tabernacle. Mm-hmm. But here God is saying, <clears throat> I'm going to come down and I'm going to live amongst you. And to do that, yeah. I want you to build me this tent structure with very high detail as we go through Exodus and uh, mm-hmm. Leviticus, mm-hmm. Uh, where he's going to be. In other words, he's God, God is beyond the cosmos. He's beyond the universe, right? Right. He lives in eternity, but he's saying, I'm going to come down and I'm going to dwell among you. And I'm going to be dwelling in this tent made of animal skins. Well, when you move forward, when they get into the promised land, they no longer need a portable tabernacle, a tent. They, they establish Solomon builds a temple made of marble and stone, but God's dwelling there in the Holy of Holies. But then when Jesus comes, it says, I just read in John 1, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. But instead of dwelling in a tent 
or in a stone temple, very beautiful temple, he is now dwelling in a human body. Do you see the consistency? Yes. You follow the dots. Yeah. And that's why Jesus in John chapter 2 will stand in front of that very physical mm -hmm. temple and he'll say, destroy this temple mm -hmm. and I will raise it in three days. Right. And he was talking about his body. Yes. He's, God had to come down here. It says in the Bible, we are not redeemed by angels. Right. And we are not redeemed by the blood of animals. Yeah. It was, a, it was lost through a human being. We're going to be rescued through a human being. Yes. That's incredible, mm -hmm. isn't it? That's, that's, that's the storyline. Yeah. That's the storyline. Yep. The, the ultimate uh, sacrifice. So I think, um, so, so John, uh, when we take a look at this, though, I mean, I think one of the other sidebar things I wrote down is, you know, how many other religious leaders were, were prophesied about their birth? You know, the coming of, you know, do we look at Muhammad, Joseph Smith, the Mormonism, David Koresh, uh, the Branch, uh, Davidians, Charles, Tazer Russell, uh, you know, none of them no. had any prophecies talking about their birth. And I think when we when we get into that subject about was Jesus the Son of God or was he just an incredible prophet that right. stood alone, it is so clear that he is the Son of God, well, yeah. and that this is the only thing that that could save us from the sins we committed. So yeah, exactly right. right. And and you named all these famous founders of religions, but they're all human. Yeah, they're, they were born. Right. You know, they had a, um, a yeah. lifespan, but none of them claimed to be from heaven. Jesus right. says, I came down from above. I'm, I'm different. I'm unique. I've been mm -hmm. with my father for all of eternity. And then when he completes his work here, redemption, what does he do? He goes back up to heaven. But at Christmas, at this time of the year, we're looking at his descent when he actually comes down. And that is the the time when we say, we, we pause to remember Right. He came down. God came down. Other than Muhammad and Confucius and all these others, right. they don't claim that kind of thing. So no. when we go backwards, like you say, uh, we're going to be looking at some of these scriptures. But I mean, yeah. uh, one of the most famous, of course, is in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Yep, I got that. You can read that, David, if you like. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. Okay, so that's quoted in both Matthew chapter 1, mm -hmm. verse 23, yeah. Luke uh, chapter 1, verse 31. It's the writers, the inspired writers of the New Testament, yep. Luke, and they saw mm -hmm. that this was, I call it cut and paste. They, they, oh, yeah. They, they saw this clearly. That God, Notice he says, the Lord himself will give you a yes. sign. A sign is something out of the ordinary, right. something spectacular. Behold is saying, pay attention. This is a mm -hmm. big pronouncement. What is it? The virgin shall conceive. Remember the seed of the mm -hmm. woman we yeah. talked about? Right. Shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name what? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Which, which means, means God's with us. God's with us. Yeah. Remember what I said when God said, build the tabernacle? For yeah. I'm going to dwell yeah. with you. Yeah. Now, there it is. I mean, people can argue with this. They can criticize, not believe it, not read it. But God is presenting his case here. And what he's doing, almost like a really, really good trial lawyer, he's laying all this evidence. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. And, and can I read Isaiah sure. 9, 6, too? Yeah, we'll jump over there. Which expands on the point. Uh, For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. Okay. Yeah. So there you have. Yeah. Um, number one, it says, for unto us a child is born. That speaks of his humanity. Yeah. Okay. But unto us a son is given. That speaks of his eternality. Mm -hmm. Remember what the John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten right. son. Right. So here we see his humanity. Child is born in the mm -hmm. flesh. Okay. But a son is given. Yeah. There's a very important distinction there. And this, this, this attributes of our Lord that he's fully human. You know, he got hungry. He got thirsty. He, he got tired. You know, in, mm -hmm. you know, uh, he was, he could bleed. You know, he mm -hmm. shed tears. He cried. Mm -hmm. But he's also the son of God. Yeah. And there you have it. In that yeah. verse you just quoted, this is what, 700 years prior right. to the birth of Jesus Christ. But then it says what? And the government will be upon his shoulders. Yes. Why? He's the king of kings. He's yeah. the Lord. Even at his birth, yeah. he was declared to be a king. And, and, you know, what did we see in the throne room when we were talking about revelations a few weeks mm -hmm. ago? The hierarchy. Jesus is right there next to God Almighty. And then you have the outer rim, you know, and then you have uh, the, uh, the cherubims, which are all four animals that are, you know, uh, in charge here on earth in their own right. So he's above all of that. Above all of and, 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 and I think that's the thing that we've got to understand. And then it just all comes together. Yeah, the right. Bible's not that hard when you just look at the basic building blocks you've got of what to exists. Yeah. Exactly right there. That's it. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I hear even when I first read it, Deuteronomy, all these other early chapters in Old Testament. I remember I called you and I'm like, what the heck? This, this yeah. is like gibberish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then as you start to get into it, you realize the simplicity of it. Exactly. It's really, it's not that much of a challenge if you just get the foundational stuff, everything else will lay down. It's two books, yeah. one story. And like you say, David, once you start getting these pieces, yeah. think about what at Christmas time in the old days, people used to give these... Um, 500-piece yeah. uh, cross uh, jigsaw <laughs> puzzles. Right. Well, you put all the pieces out there, and you can't make head or sense. But if yeah. you look at the box cover, what has the complete mm -hmm. picture, where those pieces are supposed to, then it right. starts coming together. What we're looking at here is the pieces yeah. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, 1,000 years before the birth of Jesus. Yeah. So sticking with here, Go ahead. the yeah. government, notice this. This indicates he is the ruler. Yes. Even at his birth, He's declared to be ruler, a king, when the wise men come from a great distance to say, where is the king of the Jews? E even Herod said, where is the king? At his death, Pilate says and writes above the cross, king of the Jews. Yeah. At his birth yeah. and his death, he's declared to be a king. And like mm -hmm. you say in the book of Revelation, he's coming back as king of kings yes. and lord of lords. And what we have to do, and listeners and everybody that hears this message, is allow Jesus to rule your life. Let him yes. to be the king of your life. Yes. You know, before you can do that, you have to accept him as your savior. And then you allow him lordship over your life. I, I, John, I, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but, you know, the way that I look at it, uh, the way I was taught is we also have to fear hmm. the power of God and know that he is con in control. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we've seen it in Revelations where he tells you, right. you know, I will come like a thief in the night. You know, that fear is important because it wakes us up to, to reality. And I think it's important that we're aware of that as much as we know he's a loving God, 
we also have to follow what he's telling us to follow. Exactly. Or we're going we're gonna to also have to deal with the consequences. The beautiful thing, too, is in Isaiah 61.1, where the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. There's the Egyptian. Ma- the, ma- yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so that that's the good news. He's freeing us uh, because we've been prisoners and, and we, were, we were all going to die and not have any chance at eternal life. You're exactly right, David. That's it. And, and to, to know that and to experience yeah. and then to look back at your old life, if right. I look back at my old life before I come, mm-hmm. we were in darkness. Oh, I yeah. mean, we, we could be successful and, right. you know, all these other things, but we were wandering, you know, mm-hmm. and we didn't. Mm-hmm. Once you come to Jesus and it says, I'm back here in Isaiah 9, where he says, A, he's going to be a ruler, a king. Right. Uh-huh. Then his name shall be called. Look at these titles. Yeah. Wonderful, <laughs> counselor, yeah. mighty God. Yeah. You're not going to call somebody like that, just oh, a prophet yeah. or, you know, mm-hmm. pre, a teacher, a mighty God, an everlasting father. Why is he an everlasting father? Because he gives us all birth into the family of God. Right. And here's what I like. Prince of peace. Yes. This world will not have peace until the prince of peace comes. And the only way we can have peace now is on an individual level. When we accept Christ, we have peace. We have peace with God through the cross, and we have the peace of God through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then you can have it in your family, and then widen it out in your church, and hopefully then we can affect the world, the wider community. But then it says here, and I will move off this verse, it says the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So he just doesn't come to rule and reign for one term or one uh, era. It's, It's for eternity. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom in order to establish it with just, judgment and justice. Do you see that? Yes. From this time forward. From even, time on forever. Forever. But he's the son of David. Yeah. Now we're going to pick up on this later. He had to come from this David's line. Why? David was from what tribe? Judah. Judah, yeah. And Judah was kingly. Yes. Levi, Levitical, yeah. was priestly. But the Judah, he, that's why Jesus often is titled or called in the gospel, son of David. He had to come through. Why? It goes back to his kingship. Mm-hmm. He's got to be a kingly line. Right. And of course, we get into the lineage in Matthew and that, and he's very careful to show how he comes. It's almost like, uh, what is this thing now where you can send in some uh, DNA? You know, you get your uh, ancestry. Oh, your you gene- know. genealogy. Yeah, well, his genealogy <laughs> is very solid. Yeah. It comes from that whole era. Right. And then it says, um, then the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. So here you see, this is approximately 600 years prior to the birth of Jesus. But again, it's like in high detail. Yeah. You know, once you see this, you cannot see it again. You know, you cannot, it's there. Not only though, I mean, the detail is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It, it only can be God driven. So it also, the Bible tells us where Christ will be born. The Lord says, Bethlehem, you might not be an important town in the nation of Judah, but out of you will come a ruler over Israel for me. His family line goes back to the early years of the nation. It goes all the way back to days of long ago. That's in Micah 5.2. Yeah, I'm and, just going to uh, turn there. You know, um, 
We're so, going to look at that. Yeah, so, but anyway, it just, the details. You know, John, the thing I like about this huh. is when I first started studying with you, and you said, Dave, um, the best way for me to, to tell you about the Bible and to have it make sense is to think about God as kind of a cartoonist. Uh-huh, art, uh-huh. And, yeah, and he can pencil in anything he wants when he wants it. And, you know, when you see this <laughs> and you start to, to follow it, it's it's exactly that. Oh, you, you, you know, you, so it, it's just amazing uh, to look at it that way and the simplicity of looking at it that way. So let's look. You turn to Micah five. This is six hundred years before the birth of our Lord, where uh-huh. you quoted this. Mm-hmm. Now look what it says. But you Bethlehem Ephratah. You see, there was a couple Bethlehems in Israel in that time. Oh, this is I the smaller that. one. Yeah, yeah it's oh, like that's saying right. you live in uh-huh. Rocky River, Cuyahoga County. Uh-huh. You know, and then you know. Um, Ohio, yeah, you know, so it's been yeah. very specific. Not any, not the other one. Well, what does Bethlehem mean? Beth means house. Okay. Laham, yeah, means bread. Ah. He was born in Bethlehem, house of bread. Mm. Jesus is the bread of life. Okay. Wow, look at that. He was, yeah. uh, now the other thing about this is, uh, this is where David was born. See, David was from Bethlehem. Uh-huh. Now he's his great, 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 great grandfather, right? But that's the city, Bethlehem. Right. And then it says, though you are little among the thousands of Judah. In other words, this was a small town. I took a tour group there. I think it was two years ago. We actually went to Bethlehem, went to the Church of the Nativity. But it's it's still a small town. It's kind of hilly. It's outside of, I think it took us about an hour driving on a bus from Jerusalem to get to Bethlehem. But he says, you're the one. And out of you shall come forth to me. In other words, this is God's... (laughs) It's between the Heavenly Father and, and this person that's born that this relationship is the one to be what? Ruler in Israel. Remember we talked about he's king of kings back in yeah. Isaiah chapter yeah. 9? Who's going forth and is from old, even from everlasting. He's from eternity. That's why it'll say in Isaiah, he says, uh, you dwell in eternity. God, he is the Alpha and the Omega. It says this in Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. He's, he's not about time or anything. He's outside of all that. But he also dwells with him who has a contrite and a humble spirit. So here we see this one that's going to be born in Bethlehem is from everlasting. Do you see from eternity? Yes. Yeah. Again, none of these other religious leaders have that kind of Mm-mm. claim. No. And, and we're left with yeah. a dilemma. Either they say, okay, well, Jesus was just a human person. He wasn't God come in the flesh. Well, all these scriptures, let alone when we come into the New Testament, and what, what he's claiming to forgive sins, to give everlasting life. Mm-hmm. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm coming again for you. He says, my words, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will endure forever. I mean, all of this is deity, you see. Uh, or he lets people worship him. You can't do that. But if, if he is God and he came yeah. in like this, then it makes sense. Well, you know, again, I, I, um, I'm just thinking about the current times, John. I'm thinking about the leadership of our country and the world leadership and uh, just uh, all the negativity we've been hearing. You know, what do you believe? What's true? What's false? You don't have to do that with God. Right. Everything he tells you is true. And, and if you go before him... He's going to treat you fairly. Mm-hmm. You know, you, that that's not a concern. 
you can trust everything he says. Right. And so I, I think is is the more I start to see the chaos, you know, people ask me, you know, well, how, how have you been doing during this? It, it hasn't been great not being uh, able to see people, right. not being able to be in the northern, normal rhythm that we're mm-hmm. usually in. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, I feel blessed that I've had an opportunity to cover some of these chapters with you, and I hope the people listening are feeling the same things I am right. about the comfort we have with our faith yeah, and the hedge of protection we have with our faith and the peace we have with our faith and the good news, uh, especially this time of year that we have with our faith. Yeah, I think people, that's a good point this time of the year because like I said before, I'm, one thing I like about this time of the year, yeah. it starts with Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah, I like it. Which, which we should look back right. and, and thank God. I mean, you know, we, we say, well, well, there's COVID or the economy. Yeah, and yes. people are struggling and people are hurting and people have died. I'm not minimizing that, but we're still a blessed people. You uh, know, we're still, uh, you know, we have family. We yeah. have we have uh, food. We have a shelter. But we also have access to the Word of God. We also have His promises that He'll never leave us nor forsake you. We also have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit mm. and all these things that you mentioned. And it is so we can move from Thanksgiving, but why can we be so thankful? We move to Christmas. Right. For God, that's when God comes in. We take time out. And it's probably the most joy filled time for families. Now, I realize there are people that are isolated and lonely at this right. time. Don't, yes. I don't minimize that. Right. But nevertheless, the overall, yeah. it's a time of coming together. Uh, with the lights, with the hymns, like I said, uh, when the gift giving, that somebody loves you enough to give you a gift. That's just a tiny little foretaste of God loves us, that he gave us the greatest gift. And then you move from there to New Year's. Okay, we, we, we thank God, we, we reaffirm that he comes to dwell among us and he wants to dwell in us. Now let's move into this new year. I, I just like the sequencing. John, John how, how have you personally looked at this year uh, because you know you're in a you're in such a strong mentor position with I know so many people that you know come to you for advice in their Christian walk and you know family issues and Mm -hmm. whatnot you've seen a lot this year how have you compartmentalized it and what has kept you positive uh, during that time well that's a good question David Um, one you again i cannot you know it's it's a difficult time started yeah, right well, around march yeah. mid-march i think is when mm-hmm. things started shutting down and a lot of big questions about you know how's it going to spread and how lethal it is and all that so what i always try to do is uh number one uh i i always like to know what cards i've been dealt what do i what do i got what am i playing with here so i look okay so you know that's when we started being sequestered and we started wearing masks but I did notice one thing. Families started coming together because they were forced to come together. Um, it gave us more time to think about life and what's important in life because we were faced with mortality. I mean, people were getting sick. People, although, albeit it's a small margin that died, the mortality rate is still rather small. Uh, but it was real. You know, as the scripture says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day might bring forth. So I think we we're faced with that a little more than our normal routine. I think it, for me, it, it provided me more time uh, because I couldn't travel. I was supposed to be overseas, uh, you know, a couple times this year. So I started studying more. I started reading more. And we developed the Zoom. You know, we could do Bible yes. studies uh-huh. on Zoom. Uh-huh. We started doing interviews and hearing testimonies of men where we used mm-hmm. to gather at the. Right. Le Center every week. Um, so I couldn't do this, but I could do that. 
and I always think this too shall pass. No matter what you're, you know, <laughs> sometimes that may not be comforting, but you have to look. You brought out a good point almost that at one time Britain was being bombed daily during World War II when the Blitzkrieg, right? People were going into subways. They were sending their children out into the country. Yes. To live. Yeah. That was daily, wow. daily. I don't know what that, you know, food shortages and just to hear bombs going off. But they got through it. And they, they rebuilt and they was quite, you know, uh, the Spanish flu. I mean, it was horrific. That So we're going through this. Uh, it's serious. Uh, but I look to, uh, we've had get together with family. And we'll be able to, you know, strengthen family ties. It gives me more time to study and to reach out to people. And then to prepare for what's coming. I think somebody said that people are like, um, have all this pent up, almost like a catapult. You stretch it, stretch it back. I think people are ready to go forward uh, in 2021, whether it's in church oh, or I in totally business or schooling. Yeah. Or, Even uh, now for the holiday season, I mean, yeah. I'm just seeing it. Uh, I'm seeing it when I'm out. A sense of... It's the, it's the most positive energy I've seen the entire year right now. I think you're right. I mean, I really do. That, that's the rub I'm getting. Uh, but, it, yeah. People want hope. Yeah. You know, they want, and they and they love community. They love relationships, uh, you know, to, to, to come. Now, as a Christian, as a believer, we, we have the ultimate relationship. I mean, we didn't deserve it, but through Christ we have it. You look again, like uh, these promises, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Um, seek and you shall find. Up, uh, ask, uh, uh, you have not because you ask yeah. not. Uh, I started a good work and you all bring it to completion. So you have all these promises and people might say well that's too abstract they say, yeah but when you start praying and you see answers to prayer i'm not saying 100 percent all the time on time like you'd want it but nevertheless you see answers to prayer you see things happening this is encouragement and like you said david there seems to be that at this time of the year where people are saying you know we'd, we'd like to see the bright lights again we'd like to see uh, the family coming together we'd like to see people making a purchase to give a gift to a loved one. You know, it's just these kinds of things that give us some hope you know, going forward. And and I think, you know, I always try and uh, look at whatever situation I'm in. I don't know if it's because I've been an entrepreneur so mm. long, uh, self-employed on my own for so long, that I always try and do what you just said. What cards am I mm -hmm. being dealt? Where am I? What 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 can I do to make anything here positive? Right. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of positive along with some of the harder things that this has brought. But part of the positive, too, is I have more time to think. Right. Because my meetings have been shut down in person by about 90% over this year, which means you don't have to get dressed up. You don't have to have that commute time. You don't have to do certain planning things you would do if you're in person. Exactly. And so uh, I think the benefit of that is that has brought a little bit of peace in ways I never expected, mm -hmm. uh, including being able to do more stuff um, with uh, with our faith right. um, and also doing things, thinking about things differently during this time. So I know we're supposed to do that for that couple weeks going into New Year's and New Year's Day, but... I think this whole year, one of the blessings we've had is I think a lot of people have had more time. Yeah, right. To think through their life, to think through what they want to do when we come out of this. And I'm hoping, praying, that a lot of people have found the Lord during this right. time. Yes. Because we typically will will look for something um, when we're really 
just completely tired. Uh, we're, we don't know what to do. We yeah. don't know where to go. And, and so I'm hoping that a lot of people have found the Lord uh, during this time. Yeah, I don't know what your feelings are on that. but Well, like I said, it certainly caused us to face our own mortality. Yeah. Oh, no uh, kidding. And that yeah. the things we put great stock in before that we right. thought were permanent. Yeah. You know, oh, you can buy an airline ticket. You can yes. fly to L.A. <clears throat> you can uh, you can go to a Browns game. You yeah. can go to this restaurant because you like to go to this yes. restaurant. Your children are going off to college next year and they're going to start on this. And they're going to be in a dorm. All of that, everything our we thought freedom. was firm. Yeah. Our freedom has been attacked. Yeah. Uh, our control has been attacked on what we can control. Yeah, so... That that's the yeah. the upside of that is really we can only lean on the Lord, right? But we can encourage one another. It says in the Bible mm-hmm. in Hebrews, provoke one another unto love and good works, and don't forsake the assembling yourselves together. So much more so as you see that day approaching. Now the day approaching may have made the day of the Lord or the end of time when God is going right. to come and judge. But nevertheless, we're going through difficult times. Don't forsake as much as we can get together with other people you know i know we do yeah. it on a limited scale yeah. but there's tremendous strength in that right you know i agree john so i'm going to look at another passage sure. some people wonder where okay where does this star come from this you know the yeah star. that's a good one well some look at it as a prophecy that was uh-huh. actually given way back in numbers and um yeah. this is uh Tw- numbers 24 yeah with nahem and um remember he wanted the um this prophet to, to, to prophesy uh-huh. actually against Israel. But he'll say this. I see him. What verse are you in, Jen? Um, Numbers 24, verse 17. Okay, yeah, yeah. You have that? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Yeah, you can read that. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab. The skulls of all the people of Sheth. Okay, so here we see this prophet um, that God inspires at this moment, and he says, this is Balaam, okay? Mm-hmm. He's not an Israeli prophet, okay? But God used him at this moment. He says, I see him, but not now. It's yeah. actually going to be a thousand years later, more yeah. than a thousand years. Uh-huh. I behold him, but not near. So he's, you know, he's saying he's not right now, but he's coming. A star will come out of Jacob. That's Israel. That's a reference yeah. to Israel. And a scepter, that's that's the you know, the king would hold a scepter in his hand, will rise out of Israel. So it's not coming in Babylon, it's not coming in Rome, it's not coming in Egypt, it's coming out of Israel. And he will crush these are the enemy heads. See the forehead yes, of Mohammed right. yep. and the skulls of the sign of the sun. And what did it say about the seed of the woman? Yes. He will crush your head. Yes. The surface so head. It, we're hearing the repeat from Genesis. Exactly what God right. Said. You know, it, it, but then we're thinking about heaven and earth and the fact that, you know, you have to know that this also tells us God created everything. Yeah. The universe because he placed a star in the sky to lead the Magi to Christ so oh, they exactly could worship right. him. Yeah. So we're not only we're not only seeing the prophecy that he'll be born, we're seeing the location he'll be born and he's given everybody a path. To where he'll be exactly born. Exactly right. What else do you need? Well, that's... Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, seriously, John, it's, it's over know, the top. If yeah. you talk about time and place... Right. Then you look, and many will get this from Daniel. Yeah. If you look at Daniel chapter 9, uh, some suggest that this is uh, uh, actually... Um, let me pull this up here. 
uh, a prophecy. We, we know his place. It's going to be Bethlehem, right? Right. But look at Daniel chapter 9. Yeah. Uh, and start with 20. Let me let me just turn. I want to make sure yeah. you have a good uh -huh. start. You, are you there on that? I'm, I'm on Daniel 9. I'm not sure what verse we're going to do. Okay. We're going to go uh, to, I believe we're going to start at 25. This is oh. a famous prophecy that Daniel has. 25? About, how does it start? Know and understand this from the time the word goes to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Okay. Uh, is that Go it? On. That's it. Go okay. On. So uh, now that now and understand this from the time the word goes to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. It will be built with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After the 62 sevens and the anointed one will be put to death and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and dissolutions have been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple he will set up an abomination and causes dissolution until the end that is decreed is poured out onto him. Okay, so there's a lot here, but why yeah, this is, is so important yeah. is that this was given to Daniel when they were in captivity, and it has it mentions Messiah, so we have to look at it. And he says uh -huh. 70 weeks. Now, 70 weeks, oftentimes in the scripture, I won't develop it now, but a week could be seven years. That's how they refer to it okay. sometimes. Because we know it just can't be 70 weeks. Because in 70 weeks, Daniel's not going to come. They're not going to go be rebuilding Jerusalem. But look what it says here. 70 weeks are determined for your people in the holy city. That's Jerusalem. To finish a train, make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation. This all speaks of what the Messiah is going to come. The end of sins, make reconciliation, to bring in everlasting righteousness. Seal up the prophecy. It's it and it's it's meant for a later time. And then he says, verse twenty-five. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem, until the Messiah, the Prince, yeah. there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks, and and they, the street shall be built again, the wall and the troublesome times. Then it says, after sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, not for himself. And so it's saying. You have this seventy weeks. Well, if you take if a week is a is a uh, seven years, seventy would be four hundred and ninety years. Well, if you go from the time of Daniel, four hundred ninety years, it puts you right there at the time of Jesus. Okay, and then it says the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. Well, yeah. to be cut off means to die, but he's not dying for himself. And then what happens after he dies? The people of the prince Rome who is to come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And that's exactly what they did 40 years after Jesus ascended to heaven. So many scholars say this is a time indicator of when Jesus was coming, when the Messiah was coming. You take it from Daniel, you got 490 years. You take that and put it on a calendar. It goes right to the time that Jesus arrived on the scene. And some believe that's why when Jesus says, you knew not the time of your visitation. See, they know the place, Bethlehem. But they knew not the time. They should have known the place and the time. If you go with this prophetic calendar that's suggested here. Wow. So it, yeah, it, it I mean, would require a lot more detail. But nevertheless, yes. You see, the Messiah will come. 
he'll be cut off. He's going to be killed, but not for himself. He's been killed for us. And then after that, the prince, or that was the Romans, will come and destroy the city and the sanctuary. And that's exactly what they did. Okay, let's go down just a little bit more on some of the these prophecies. You, you start getting into this. That's why many will say, too, that uh, in Galatians chapter 4, it says, chapter Galatians 4, verse 4, says that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son born of a woman under the law. But in the fullness of time, and at a certain particular time, God sent Jesus. Some would say, why didn't he send him a thousand years earlier? Or why didn't he send him, you know, in the Middle Ages? Or why does he send him now? But God had a perfect timing of why he sent Jesus. That's why it'll say in Galatians 4.4. 4. Do you have that? I do. Would you read that again? Then? Sure. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. See that? Yeah. In the fullness of time, means a specific time, sent forth his son, that's his eternal son, right? Born of a woman, there's his humanity. Remember what it says? Unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born. You see how those humanity and deity kind of are, are come together here? Very interesting. Yes. Well, I'd like to read 6 too. Because sure. you are in his son's, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. There, see that? Boy. The inheritance we have. Again, this Eternal is, life, this is really great yeah. that we can have a platform like WNZN, this radio program, to share you know, these kind of truths. Now, if you look I, at... I John, said, one more thing. You know, yeah. I was laughing over here because I remember I never looked at the Bible as a will. Yeah. Right? And then you, you opened my eyes to that point. And how, if you're part of a will or whatnot, you know, you're going to probably want to sit in and, and hear what your loved ones, you know, sure. had to say about you or whatnot. But the, the Bible is a will. God is telling us. Exactly. We are now his, his sons and daughters. Exactly right. And we're going to inherit the ultimate gift, which is eternal life with him in heaven. Well, even now we share yeah. an inheritance, if you think about it. Right. We have access to, to the throne of God in prayer. Yes. Yeah. We have brothers and sisters in Christ here yeah. and around the world. I experienced yeah. that in my travels. Yes. Um, we have peace. We have purpose. Mm -hmm. We have direction. Mm -hmm. He gives us guidance. He gives us a way to raise our children, mm -hmm. a legacy. All of these things are part. And that's just a little bit of what's right. coming. Now, another prophet, we don't have a lot of time left, no. but I want to look at Isaiah chapter 11, verse 10. Isaiah contains a lot of what they call messianic prophecies or prophecies of the coming Messiah. Yes, it sure does. But if you look at Isaiah chapter 11, verse uh -huh. 10, do you have that? Yep. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Now look at this. In that day, the root of Jesse means he's coming from, Jesse is the father of David. So he's coming right. from Davidic line, right? Uh-huh. He shall come and stand as a banner to the people, and Gentiles shall seek him. Well, when Jesus is born, we know he's born in Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. City of David, and who's coming to seek him? Gentiles. Yeah. The wise men are coming to seek him. Yeah. All fulfilling this prophecy that's going way back there. 
Yeah. And then once you move forward, right. we'll see he has to come in human flesh. That's why it says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same. That through, in other words, he's not an angel. He's not a spirit. Right. He's coming in flesh. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver those who all their lifetime were subject to bondage through the fear of death. That's us. But he's delivered us, Exodus, through his death. But it speaks to the fact that he has to come as a human being. Again, the nature of his birth, we looked at uh, Isaiah 9, we looked at Isaiah 7, and what, is the, the, what does it say in John chapter 1, verse 14? The word became flesh and made his dwelling yeah. among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This idea that he comes, the glory filled the tabernacle and the temple in the Old Testament because of God's prayer. But now he's saying, we have seen his glory. When Jesus was here walking around, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, there he is being sent, full of grace and truth. That's amazing, full of grace. And that's why angels are rejoicing even on Christmas at his birth, you know. And this is a great mystery. Yeah. It says in 1 Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, that God was manifested in the flesh. Yes. That's the incarnation, that's Christmas. And you quoted a long list of religious leaders and founders. Yes. And uh, none of them make this claim, you know, that, that he's coming from above, he's eternal, but he's willing to take upon himself uh, human flesh. And that's, when you think of Bethlehem, it's the city of David. Mm -hmm. It's the city where Boaz, when you study the book of Ruth, that's where uh, Ruth was, you know, remember um, Naomi and yes. Ruth? And she marries the kinsman redeemer, where right. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. It's the burial place of Rachel. Um, as, you, as you move through, uh, you see these scriptures line up that God is revealed himself through the birth of his son, Jesus Christ, his perfect, sinless, prophetically filled life that we in turn can have a brand new life. I mean, that, as we start going towards summary, that is the story of the... the, of the that is the story, and we're also on the right team. Yeah. No, <laughs> We've right. got, you know, some people might be happy with the new president, some people might not be. Mm -hmm. It is all irrelevant when you take a look at, at what we're focused on as Christians. I mean, sure, we'll have our concerns, we'll have our belief system when it comes to politics, but the primary thing is our faith and our conviction that God is in control of everything at every time. You're he, right, loved us, he loved us so much to redeem us, even from uh, the perfect environment we had with uh, our forefathers, Adam and Eve. You, you know, know, so... No, it's a good point. You know... When the angels appear to the shepherds yeah. on that Christmas day, yeah. the first thing they're going to say is, do not be afraid. Right. But that's the same thing that the angel said to Zacharias mm -hmm. when he visited him in the te in the temple, when he was telling about the birth of, miraculous birth of his son John. He says, do not be afraid. It's the first thing the angel says to Mary, do not be afraid. And they say it to Joseph when he was got a dream that he's got to get out of there and go to Egypt to protect the baby Jesus. But the idea is that Fear. Jesus, one of the biggest things when Jesus comes into this world is fear not. Fear not. 
Yes. Do not be afraid. And, you know, we, we studied addictions and other things before we wrap up, and, and I'm back to now the, the chaotic world we're in. It's almost like you have an addiction because of all the anxiety you see in the world. It seems very uh, akin to those kinds of people struggling with sure. those addiction problems, regardless of what they are. And, and if I were to tell people like myself years ago to wake up and start reading the Bible and get in a church, I would tell them the primary reason uh, that I am seeing since I've been on this walk is I've been a lot freer from anxiety and chaos in my life since I've been down this road. Right. right. And even when chaos hits or a tsunami comes over, I don't try and figure out how to build the house quicker or to find a different location. We pray now. Yeah, right. And, and that supernatural power you get by prayer and the power of it, um, you, you just, you can't live without it, John. Exactly you right. Can't, you can't be without it. So as yeah. we bring this to a close, David, I actually think there's a lot more content. There we're is. Gonna talk, we're yeah. going to get to Matthew and Luke when maybe we'll do a show right before Christmas and um, show the impact of this one life on all of humanity and all of history, really. Right. So we're going to delve into that. But we want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in today. Uh, w, this is 89.1 FM radio coming from Lorain, Ohio. Uh, we pray that you continue to be safe and yes. healthy as we go through these different situations that we're facing at this particular time. And like David said, you know, because of Jesus, we have a very rich inheritance. We're, we're heirs to the promises of God. But most importantly, we can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And we don't have to fear of uh, this life, I mean, you know, that we should be cautious. Right. Or the life to come if we know that we're a child of God. Yes. Uh, that's the Christmas message is not be afraid. Yeah. And so we're going to pick up on this theme again. But if, if anyone's listening that has not made this commitment in a relationship uh, with their Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, I would, I would strongly urge you um, to go to a church in your nearby area that preaches the Word of God, or you can... You can, I mean, there's so many things you can do in terms of access information. It's, you can, if you have an internet, you can Google up the way of salvation and just study what the gospel says. And I often encourage people, if you are willing, if you're not a believer, if you are willing to take the gospel of John, prayerfully ask God to reveal himself to you through that gospel and just read one chapter per day, one chapter a day with an open mind. There's only 21 chapters in that. I firmly believe you're going to be stronger in your faith, and you, I do not doubt that you may come to a commitment and accept Jesus Christ, not as a baby born in Bethlehem so long ago, but as your personal Lord and Savior. You'll make room for him in your heart. So on that note, David, thanks again for thanks, being part. Thanks, John. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we look forward to tuning in and having uh, this conversation again. God bless you all. Stay safe, stay healthy. Goodbye.